Hello, everyone, and welcome back after uh, a bit of a break to A Bit Spursy. I'm Barney. I'm Dan. And we have a bunch of stuff to cover. Um, uh, you know, things of, of mild significance, like maybe uh, Harry Kane deciding to not come to training and hang out at Disney World. Um, new but signings. Has Kane uh, done something this week? I haven't yeah. really heard much about him yeah. anywhere. Yeah, it's it's um, it's sort of in the on the like you know the dark not the dark web but the dark corners of the internet is sort of the only place you can find any real Harry Kane uh, transfer news. So yeah, it's it's tough to find, but there's there's snippets out there. There's yeah. little snippets everywhere. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's ridiculous. I, f- I feel like we just have to cover that first and jump into it because it's like the biggest thing that is happening. Like it, not just with Spurs, really. Like kind of in the Premier League at the moment. Um, given that City have, I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed that they've they've got Grealish now for a hundred. Yep. Yeah. It is. Uh, I mean, that in itself is uh, just an incredible uh, acquisition. You would think that. That would be sort of the peak of the transfer market, but it looks like it, it might just continue to roll on. Um, yeah, so there was but- a tweet that came out for someone saying, all right, so Grealish has broken the British transfer record or whatever it is. Um, or it's like transfer transfers in by Premier League clubs, something like that. And then they're like, then Lukaku, that might be broken with him going to Chelsea potentially. In this yeah. week. And then after that, that'll be broken again by Kane going to City. And it's just kind of like, has there not been a pandemic here recently? Like, mm. what is going on um, with just all these like blockbuster? Sorry, blockbuster transfers, and especially to City. Like, it's to me, it feels like City. Like, this they're just this like evil. I was going to say evil genius, but I don't want to call them geniuses. No. It's like this evil master mastermind. Still gives them too much credit. They're <laughs> just evil, and they're just sort of sitting there, and they're like, it's like throwing the toys out of the pram because it's like all right, we still haven't won Champions League. So now we're going after like two of the best players in the league to already like add to our bloated squad to basically make it so that we can't, there's no way we can lose Champions League from this point on. Yeah. It's so boring. That's my, t- it's so boring. Like it, it feels like, you know, like my my signings on uh, FIFA in career mode where I'm like, Oh yeah, oh really? She's good. Oh yeah, oh you know, like just like no imagination in in the way that it's been done. It's just like oh cool. So you bought Villa's best player, and now you're going to buy Spurs' best player, um, and they're going to mean that you are going to win every game and be favourite in every single game. Woo-hoo. Like great, 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 great. I really love your like FIFA analogy there because I get the same thing. Like if ever I try and play like a career mode and I go for Spurs, uh, well I go with Spurs. Sorry. Um, it's like, all right, cool. Get a few offers in. Yeah, okay, cool. I'll sell Sanchez. I'll sell Dyer. I'll sell this. Great. Now with the extra transfer budget, oh, I've got like a couple hundred million. And then I'll do something like I'll go and buy like Haaland or I'll buy like this, that, or anything else. And I'm, within a game or two, I'm just like, you know what? This is unrealistic. I shouldn't have this like, you know, unbeatable squad now um, from two things in. And I just stop playing career mode. And I do this constantly mm. where I'll mm. start, I'll do the transfer window, and then it always starts with like, you know what? I'm going to make some really astute signings and I'm going to like, you know, sign Marlon um, from Dutch League, bring him over to the Premier League and like turn him into a superstar. But then it just escalates because it's like, well, but I do have 150 million here. And it just yeah. is so boring. It is mm-hmm. like what you said. It's just so boring now. Um, yeah. 
the like the prospect of City, like they don't need these players. They do yeah. not need these players. Exactly. And it's like, oh, wow. I wonder if Pep Guardiola is going to give us another coaching masterclass with his team of players It's that are like year 12s playing against kids in year eight. Like, oh, what, I wonder what he's going to do. What incredible innovations is he going to make? Um, I just, I mean, I don't like him and I don't like City and I will go for any team, regardless of whether Harry Kane goes there or not, I will go for any team playing against them uh, throughout any of their games uh, because just they've now, <laughs> they've really, you know, like a heel turn in wrestling. Like they've just done yep. the, full, um, the full turn. It's like they were already a heel and they've made yep. a heel turn from being a heel. Yeah. So yep, I yep, don't yep. know where that leaves them, but it's just like, like I, I have no words to describe them anymore. And I think it just makes the league feel so hollow right now mm, yeah. um, because you kind of know like, all right, if they have a season where they slip up, um, like say the season before last one, um, or not even really slip up. Like, I mean, Liverpool are in- insane then. So, but like if you have a season where City aren't great, you just know that they're going to go back into the transfer window and they're going to like reinforce their squad. Like, like they've got two full squads of like 50 million players, like, you know, pound mm. players, like rough value. Of each of them, like so, you just know that. All right, cool. They're just gonna go in, buy some new players, sell some of their players because they've got so many good players. They can just sell them for decent prices too. Um, and you just know that it's just gonna be boring because it's like, right, they're out of it for one year. Cool, they're gonna probably win everything the next year. Mm. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like, a, and you know, I know fans of like clubs that finish below Spurs would look at Spurs and have like similar criticisms. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like. I still find it now it's so sort of um, <clears throat> hypocritical, especially, you know, with Sky Sports and the coverage there and everything. And you hear Neville talking like, well, you know, Kane wants to go. He wants to go win trophies, do this, that, and everything else. But then Super League, it was such this big, like, no, this is the worst thing that can happen. This is this, that, and everything else. And it's like, what's sitting now? It's like they're buying Grealish and Kane. Um, well, they bought, they bought Grealish and it's the, the worst kept secret that they want Kane. Yeah. <laughs> and... Like, what does that do? That is, that's like a Super League type team that they sort of have there. And it's like the golf is just like, it's, it's, it's insurmountable. Yeah. Yeah. I hope there is um, a sharing of tactical knowledge between the other 19 Premier League teams as the season goes on <laughs> uh, as a way of trying to compensate and be like, we tried this and this bit worked. We didn't pull it off, but maybe you guys, you know, like, uh, so that there's this sort of joint, yeah, collective. Because you're right, like, you know, Sky Sports being like, you know, football's for the fans, it's about community and blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, Hurricane's got to go and do what he's got to do. He's got to go. Um, he's got to win those trophies. And it's like, what? what we what? How is that? In, I, I struggle. Apart from his internal maybe feeling of um, of success or his, his satisfaction, when he wins a trophy this year with City, which he's going to do, but it's the most, it's it's the like the biggest tap in of all transfers in the world. Like it's not like oh he's going to go there. They've got a pretty good squad. Like even as much as I hate Chelsea, if he went to Chelsea, it would still be like they, their squad is fantastic. But with him in it, you're like whoa, what are they going to do? With City, it's like they they've already won it. Like they they're gonna. 
and they they they're probably going to collect a couple of trophies, and Harry Kane's going to be there to to receive you know balls that are uh, put in perfectly by his teammates who are much faster and stronger than the uh, opposition. Like, it, yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, and I kind of like it too, and this might show my age a little bit, um, but if you used to play Doom back in the day and there were yeah, different yeah, like cheat Doom. codes you could put in and I think IDKFA, that was a cheat code, that would give you mm-hmm. keys and weapons, I'm pretty sure. So it's like, great, you can open up all the doors, you've got all the weapons that you want to shoot all the you know aliens with and all that. And there was IDDQD, which is God mode. And it's like, it feels like Chelsea, they're kind of more on like the keys and weapons cheat code. So it's like, yeah. you can have all that, but like, you know, you still can be, you know, you still can be hit. If someone gets you, even though you've got the best weapons, you can still be taken down. Whereas it feels like City, you're just like God mode, un, like unbeatable. And I, I know that they didn't win Champions League this season. So it's like, they're still, uh, like the good thing about Champions League, I guess, is that you know, it can come down to one game in the final or it's sometimes, you know, two games. So if they slip up really badly in one of their games in the knockout phase, they can go out. Like when we knock them out to go on to play Ajax, like City mm. were a much better squad that year, like much better team than oh, we yeah. were. And we were playing horrendously in the league at the time, but we mm. just had like a couple of good results against them, slid through on like, I think it was on um, away goals. Yep. Um, and then... Like, if you look at our, us going to that final and you actually go through and look at the results, like, it's not good. Like, for the group stage of that show, it's like, we snuck through. We scraped through. And then basically all the knockout games, we just scraped through the whole time. Um, but it's like, we got, you know, we got through. We got a bit lucky against City that they, there was a goal offside <laughs> that meant that we go through. Um, so it just feels like we're, you, you're having to now rely more and more on these moments where City will have to stuff up um, yep. in order for another team to beat them because there's no question they go in with Grealish and Kane and they, they're a stronger team than last year because, like, it's 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 cheating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just uh, – I mean, and the other so – obviously there's the City factor, but I guess from a – uh, from our point of view as Spurs fans, there's the Harry Kane point of view. And uh, uh, I, this like last week or so has really changed the way that I feel about Harry Kane and how I look at Harry Kane and not because he wants to go, um, but by the way in which he has tried to negotiate his his exit with his uh, seemingly genius brother, Charlie Kane, with his... Uh, uh, have you seen his office? He's got like a motorbike in there and um, burnout tracks paint on the floor. Like It's really weird. Oh. And there's just like there's too many photos on the wall behind his desk Yeah, as well, which I find really weird. Like if you're in an office and you've got your desk facing away from a photo wall, it means like if you're having a meeting, everyone is just there looking at photos of your brother. Um, yeah. And like there's like 50 photos up there. So it's like it's not like you, it's not like Charlie's sitting down at his desk and enjoying the photos because he's looking out and he doesn't see anything. So I'm yeah. like, why why are you loading everything up? Like that's weird. Is that some weird power move as well? Just like, just want people to know if they come and they're negotiating with me, it's really like you know Harry's here. Like it's all like <laughs> you know I yeah. can point to these moments in the conversation and they're going to show me yeah. some respect. Oh my god, that's definitely what he does when he's like, I think they need a reminder. He just goes like. 2017 and points at some <laughs> photo 
that he has on the wall. Um, I think it's so just like it's so it's just so infuriating seeing his photos and you know he's there in his three piece suit and he's just at like random desks in his office where there's nothing there. Yeah, just like what is what is this? (laughs) What's going on there? And yeah, I I think this point kind of leads on to it's just like you know it's it's such a bizarre situation at the moment where you know you get Harry Kane not showing up. And then it's reported like, oh, no, it's a big misunderstanding. He's actually, there are some issues with travel or, you know, he wasn't due back for an extra day. And then it's like, no, well, he's actually not even in the country. He's, you know, in Florida right now. Um, Yeah. And so it's just like, what the hell is going on (laughs) with this? Like this master plan from like him and Charlie, like to get out of the club. It's just seems so weird. Oh, I just... Like, it would be so easy, especially with the year that that uh, Levy and Enoch have had, um, where the um, the feeling towards them from the fan base has sort of continuously become more and more negative. Um, and all Harry Kane and his brother had to do was basically be like, I re- release, you know, one of those like uh, screenshots of his notes that's like, um, <laughs> dear Spurs fans, I've loved my time at the club. But unfortunately, the um, the direction the club is going in, and I've always said that I'd stay if the club was ambitious. I don't feel that that's the way, and so therefore I need to go somewhere else. Mm. All that does is take that takes the heat off him and just puts it entirely on the board. Um, and the board are more likely to uh, uh, give in to the huge amount of <laughs> Spurs fans already angry at them than Harry Kane with three years left in his contract uh, trying to go and win a couple of tap-in trophies. Like, it, Definitely. It's the, yeah, the whole thing is like the three, the six-year deal, first of all, you're the one that – he's the one that signed that. Like, uh, he um, – oh, God, the way he <laughs> – the way he's, you know, like not rocked up to training is just like he's gone the nuclear option. It's like uh, getting rid of um, cardboard boxes with a nuclear bomb. Like it's just it makes no sense to yeah. go there first. Um, the Sky Sports interview was pretty gross. Um, now where it's like, oh, there was some like it's it's like you are massively underestimating the intelligence of uh, whole supporter base with like, oh no, well, Harry didn't think it was, it's being blown out of proportion. There was travel things. And then like, as of the 5th of August the, today, uh, he's still in Florida. Like, yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, and I think it's, it was one, on one of the other Spurs podcasts. It could have been extra inch. They were making a point that it seems like Harry Kane is trying to leave as still being a hit, like the people's hero, you know, still trying to leave as one of our own, but he really wants to get out. And so it doesn't care anymore. And it's just like, you got to make a choice, Harry. Like you're either one of our own and you're staying here and, you know, you could still go for Shearer's goal scoring record if that's the main thing. Um, if you really want title, if you really, really want a title, like I understand if he wants to leave and, and do that. But if that's what you want and you have to go, you've just got to like, I agree with you. Like I would much prefer for him to come out and be like, I really want to move on. Because all this silence from him as well, this is like, uh, this doesn't, it just makes it a messier situation. Um, Because like, you look at it from one angle and you go, okay, if he came out and said he wants to leave, that would then lower his um, asking price normally. But he's got three years left. So Mm. 
there's no like he doesn't have the power in that um, negotiation in terms of the asking price. So he can come out and say, "I want to leave," because like we're still protectors as a club by how long his contract is. So if mm. someone wants to buy him, it's like he can't go. Oh, I want to leave, and he's got a year left, and then we're like, "Well, crap, we better sell him for anything that we can." Um, so yeah. it's like, yeah, like I would just prefer him just to come out and say that he wants to he wants to go, and like other Spurs players like sharing him. Um, you know, he was at Spurs, went to Man U, uh, you know, won Champions League, won titles, came back to Spurs. <laughs> like, um, you know, and then after that, he didn't really care where he went. He went to Portsmouth, West Ham. Like, it was like, cool. Like, <laughs> I've won that title. I've got that, you know, um, ticked off. And I'm like, cool. If Hurricane needs to do that, fine. But it just feels so yuck, so, so yuck that it's happening with Man City. Because, yeah. like, like you say, it's such a tap-in of a result there. Like, if, okay, cool. Harry Kane wins, you know, wins the the Premier League next season, and if he's a town people, yeah, he's like, yeah, I won the won the league, I won the league. People are gonna be like, yeah, yeah, but like, I mean, you did it with City. <laughs> like, mm. it mm. would have been a poor year if you didn't win the league. Yeah, yeah. Imagine exactly. if he be goes sh- there and they don't win. Oh God, that would be a dream, an absolute dream. It would be so funny. Um, the there is um there's a there's a great uh sort of I don't I'm gonna say article or piece but they talk about it on um the fighting cock uh I think the episode came out yesterday but uh, about the amount of work that Spurs Spurs fans have done in terms of like oh that backing in thing that Harry Kane does that's not dangerous that's just a normal you know or like um. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, he only went missing in the Champions League final in every important game we've ever had because he's been, you know, coming back from injury. and He's he tired, to come, he's overworked. <laughs> he's overworked and he wanted to come back um, to play so badly. That's why he's come back for the team. And now it's like, well, as they say on the fighting cock, it's like, well, was it? Was it for the team? Or was it like I need to be in the, the game today because I need to, like, Win, be there when the trophy is won. I need to, you know, like it's not actually about the collective. It's just about Harry Kane. Um, and whether he, you know, that's true or whether it didn't start out like that and it's become that now, I don't know. But that's certainly how I feel <laughs> at the moment. Oh, I, I agree massively. Um, and I think, yeah, like they're really good points that around um, – it's this weird, it's, it's one of these things that always comes up in the the um, arguments that happen in the wonderful world of Twitter, where you've got like your um, your uh, your Levy out Enoch out crew, yep. um, who basically every single thing that ever happens in the history of the world is Enoch and Levy's fault. Then you've got yep. people in the middle who I think are kind of like you know what like we don't want to just talk about Enoch all the time, constantly, 24 hours a day. Like we talk, like to talk about other reasons which may have contributed to these things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got the ones, um, you know, on the other side where it's like it's super pro Levy, super pro Enoch and all those sorts of things. Now, the thing that I find is that if you're either pro, pro Levy or even your neutral Levy, Enoch out people come after you and Levy out <laughs> people come after you. Because if mm. you try and bring up anything that is doesn't blame purely like Levy and Enoch, you just get slammed. Yeah. So the idea of going, look, let's look at these things. Could we have bought some players to sort of uh, reinforce a squad and give us a better chance of winning things at certain times in um, Levy and Enoch's reign? Yes, of course we could have. 
Is that the only reason we haven't won anything? No. Because we've been in finals. <laughs> mm. The players haven't done it in those finals, and one mm. of those players is Hurricane. So you it's you can't just go, it's Levy's fault, it's Enix's fault, it's Levy's fault, it's Enix's fault. It's like we look at the Champions League final, like I felt weird about it at the time when they're like, yeah, Kane's going to play. And it's like he's been out for so long. Mm. <laughs> Lucas just got a hat trick. Yeah. Like Harry Kane is such a better player than Lucas overall. But if you've got a guy who scores a hat trick in a um, in a semifinal of the Champions League in the fashion that was done, he is going to be thinking he is prime Messi going into that final against Liverpool. I'm like, fine, play Lucas. <laughs> like mm. play him see what he does like he's going to be the most confident player in the world at that stage so you know it just is like it's it's really i guess i find it boring and tiring as well that like it's like you either have to be so pro cane or anti cane like all these arguments end up just being like so binary yeah yeah they do uh, can I, I just want to make one correction to what you said about i don't think like hat trick or no hat trick I don't think Lucas ever stops believing that he is messy. Like I think <laughs> that, is true. that is an enduring self-concept that he has, like, <laughs> which is why he sometimes runs into uh, cul-de-sacs. Um, but yeah, I, that is exactly right. It's like with uh, the majority of all uh, causal relationships in, uh, in the universe, there are multiple factors that influence the result that that happens. It is very often not one man, be it Daniel Levy or or a, or a board of people, Enoch, who are the direct reason why we haven't won trophies or why we didn't sign this player or blah, blah, blah. There are so – like, I mean, like – you know, Levy <laughs> does uh, uh, says in the documentary when he's trying to make himself seem more human, and he's like, "There's lots of factors that go into a transfer." And or is it Steve Hitchin? I can't remember. But no, I think he said. Yeah. I think Levy says that because Steve Hitchin's big quote is like, "I hate the January window." Yeah, oh, I hate the transfer window. It's like that should yeah. be like Disneyland for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like it's just unless Daniel Levy comes out and says. Um, uh, actually the Enoch board and myself have decided that we are going to be the starting 11 for Tottenham Hotspur, then please go ahead. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, make those kind of like just completely conclusive arguments as to why it's all their fault. But Definitely. until that happens, it's just not. And it's, it's easy to find, you know, villains. It's much harder to, uh, be able to understand that there are, Rather than villains, there are multiple facets to any result. Like it's, it just definitely. Yeah. Like it reminds me a lot of like what's happening online, not just in football terms, but in so many other areas, and like everything that's happened over the, in the states over the last you know five six years mm. um, with all the elections and every or everything that happens on socials that influences people and starts bringing them down rabbit holes, and then mm. suddenly you're this conspiracy theorist who believes all these things. Yeah. Now that's not to say. That if you uh, don't like Daniel Levy or don't like Enik, that's not. I'm not saying you're a conspiracy. Th- not not at all. But <laughs> it's like you can very easily get embedded within that camp and be a very mm. staunch person in that camp that is unrefusing of any other opinions. Likewise, on the other side, you can be so pro um, Levy and be like unrefusing of any other other opinions. But it's just so like it's. <laughs> I think it's so frustrating because the thing you point mentioned there as well about transfer deals. 
Like, they are complicated. Like, this Romero saga, um, it's been going on for a few weeks. Not really that long. No. Uh, like, Paratici's only started technically at the start of July, right? Mm. So he's been, he's been in the job for like a month. Mm. And this Romero, it hasn't been this transfer saga, but because we're on Twitter every second pressing refresh, 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 and you have like Romano just recycling all his um, oh. tweets, fans are on there and Spurs fans are on there getting furious as yeah. to like, just pay for Romero, get it done, get it done, get it done. And it's like, this deal hasn't been a slow deal. And mm. we're talking about like a, it's like a 50, almost 50 million euro or something. I think it's like 43 mm. million pound deal. Like that's a lot of money. Like most yeah. of us don't do deals on that sort of scale. Like the biggest deal we do is going to the fish and chip shop and then yeah. going like, well, am I going to get the $10 pack? Or am I going to get the 12? And then yeah. you go for the 10 and just maybe suggest, oh, if you throw in some extra chips, I wouldn't be uh, against it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about a multi, multi million pound deal here. And that's all of these transfers. They are all that, mm. especially Serie A, where you've got like, you know, Atlanta had to buy him from Juventus. Yeah. Like it's so, and I guess that like lead, where this sort of leads, I guess the whole overall point that we're talking about here is that, you know, we don't just need to constantly just always just blame Levy and Enoch and look for that villain in every sort of situation. Mm. Um, it's fine not to like them. It's fine to be against things that we do. They do. We are against certain things that they do, but you know, like let's just not have every single comment be like, Oh, it's their fault. It's their fault. Oh, they're not doing the deal. They're not doing the deal. Um, mm. Cause it makes you just want to go like, ah, I want to get off Twitter now. I don't want to be on this yeah. platform. Cause it's just like, yuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like um, the, the thing about the, you know, like Romano just uh, constantly recycling his tweets, you know, like there's no new, he doesn't report any until he says, and no, so I mean, it's until the club is like the deal is done. Um, there is nothing to report. Like you don't need to tweet five times a day where it's like Spurs and uh, Atlanta are in a meeting and uh, they left the meeting and the deal is still not done. It's like, yeah, of course, because that's how it works when you are negotiating with people. That is both parties, you know, like who knows? They Like the other thing is there's the missing information a lot of the time of like um, they left – um, after being like, cool, we've got to go check with this other thing, but yeah, we like what's being proposed. It's always like no deal reached. And it sounds in that context, like, and especially it's, it's uh, seen by Spurs fans as like, oh no, Levy and Enoch are stuffing this up again. And it's like, well, no, no. If, if there wasn't this constant reporting and we just had the club assigned Romero, you'd be like, ah, oh. Cool. Wow. Great. Wow. Well done. Oh, what a good job. But instead this drawn out, drawn out in the sense of the way that it's done in the media, not the deal. You it's, it's agonizing. Like it's absolutely agonizing. Oh, massively, massively. And like, you know, these social sites love it. Like that, you know, it's all part of the algorithm is to get us on there as much as we can. Like they, as much as we can possibly get on there. And then we find ourselves like the middle of the day here, which is the middle of the night in the UK and in Europe. And I'm just like, I'm just like, just pull up a phone. Like, yeah, I'll just check to see if Romero has gone through. And I'm like, and then as soon as I do it, I'm like, there's no way it's not going through at four, like four or 5 AM UK time. Like, yeah. but you just check and you're like, Oh, Romano hasn't said anything. Oh, 
let's mm. check. Uh, let's check if uh, Ali Gold's put anything up. <laughs> well, let's see if there's any in the know going on. And you just like, yeah. what? What sort of world has this become where we're just like so impatient to find these things out? Mm. Um, like you know, Paratici, I I think is doing a good job so far. Like to me, the transfer of the century is getting money for Joe Hart. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that he did that. That is crazy. Um, and the the I mean, we don't know what uh, uh, Brian Hill will be like, but the uh, Lamella for a younger winger um, is pretty awesome. Yeah, like you know, and and like you say, like you know, we're not in the best position. Because both of us, like, we don't follow La Liga too much. We don't follow, follow Serie A too much. So mm. it's like, if, we, if we're signing a player like Brian Hill, like, did I know who he was before we linked with him? Like, no. But does that bother mm. me? No. Because yeah. I don't think I'm this all-knowing God who must know of a footballer um, or must have an opinion on every player. Otherwise, they're mm. rubbish. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, but yeah. he, from everything we've seen, like, he seems like he's a really bright talent. Um, Galini, like, I'm like, yeah. Cool. All right. You know, a younger keeper. We've needed a younger keeper who can potentially like act properly challenge Hugo for a spot for a long time. Like that's a yeah. decent signing. Um, yep. If Romero comes off, great. We know there mm-hmm. are going to be some more transfers. Like if Tomiyasu comes through um, and then, you know, it, it's good. It's like we're, we're putting some emphasis on the defense because I also include like goalkeepers in the, in the defense when we're talking mm-hmm. about that. Um, and then great, let's look for some other areas on the pitch where we can strengthen and, and sort of go from there. So I don't really think it's that bad. And as much as we would love to have all the deals done at the start of the transfer window, every club would love that, but the market doesn't work like that. And we're not the only other club. Like, it's not like we're the only club in the world, which moves late. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like (laughs) it is much rarer to uh, have deals done at the start of the window than the end. And, and on the, you know, like not knowing who <laughs> players are, like I didn't know who uh, Hong Lin Sun was when we signed him. I didn't know who Christian Eriksen was when we signed him. Like it doesn't matter. Like <laughs> if if they are a good prospect or they um, have been performing really well in whatever league they play in that is that is not too far down the the ladder of leagues in the world. It's like, well, I don't know until I see how they play in this system with these players. Like it could be, you know, there's so many players like uh, Ben Take is like the perfect example where uh, at Villa, he was the dude and everything flowed through him and it was all about getting the ball to him. And then he moves to Liverpool and that's not the way they play. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's actually not, the player we thought he was because that's well, because of what they were doing at Villa. Like, uh, um, you just don't know. And I, I saw fans, uh, there's been a lot of um, rhetoric now that Grealish has signed that's like uh, Levy stuffed the deal um, to sign him for 25 million or whatever it was, but there was a 5 million difference and we didn't sign him. And we should have done that. Like, I mean, the power of hindsight, it's like, well, obviously we should have. But at the time I remember being uh, disappointed that the the deal hadn't gone through. But also no one at that point would know the player that Jack Grealish then developed into. Like Jack Grealish now versus Jack Grealish, they're quite different players. Um, 
And so it's impossible to, like, you know, like the biggest, I saw a tweet that was like the biggest mistake in um, Premier League history. I was like, I reckon that was when Gerrard slipped, maybe not when Levy, <laughs> and Levy didn't sign uh, Old Mate on, for 25 mil. Like, yeah. No, it's a really good point because also, like, if Grealish was like, you know, the Jack Grealish we have today, every other club would have been in for him for 25 mil then. Yeah. Like no one else, like, it's not like, oh, we lost out on the deal and then he ended up going to United for, for 25. They coughed it up. Well, to Chelsea or whoever or anything like that. Mm. Like no one else made that purchase and no one else has bought him since, like, since that time apart from now. Yes, like Villa have like a lot more money with their owners now, but at the same, mm. um, by the same um, argument, like we weren't the only club who like passed on him at that yep. stage for that price. And yep. the way we talk about things is we often talk about it like we're the only club in the world that makes errors with transfers. Yeah. So many clubs make errors with transfers. And yeah. it's like a high-value transfer is not a guarantee of a great player like staying mm. great. Like you have someone like um, Coutinho, like, you know, superstar Liverpool, goes there, has a rough time at Barca, um, goes to Bayern, and to my knowledge doesn't really play that much there. And now Barca have him and they're kind of like, oh, well, what do we do with him? We kind of want to get rid of him and ship him off. Torres from Liverpool was like the, he was like the best, most informed striker in the world when he was playing for them. And then Chelsea cough up 50 mil and he goes there and just rubbish. It's just all gone. So like the fact we're not playing, like the fact we're not sort of just constantly spending big bucks to me is not a problem at all. And I think we want someone who's like a paraticha who's coming in and who isn't only spending big bucks, mm. um, who's looking for the transfers and seeing value where other people don't see it. Mm -hmm. And with that, we're going to get some wrong, but hopefully we get more right than we get wrong. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, it's the nature of the transfer market. Yeah. It's like bringing in a manager. It's like Nuno coming in now and then getting angry if we ever lose. Like if yeah. we ever lose a game, it's like the biggest tragedy in the world. We're going to lose games. We're going to lose on transfers. That is the way it works, unfortunately. You can't guarantee. It's not It's not FIFA. It's not FIFA. That is the, that's my, uh, my like model of, of people that uh, see football in that way is that they are playing FIFA at the same time and just being like, uh, I'll sign Messi, Ronaldo. Um, I'm going to play for uh, Manu. Um, we're also, you know, like, so uh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um, that is, it's it's boring and it's not, like the excitement of, of finding a player that's like, oh, they could be good and then they actually are really good. Like Son, like is fantastic. It's such a – you feel like you go on the journey with them and that's, you know, a really great thing that, that football has and the value of it is so underestimated, I think. Oh, definitely, 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 mm. definitely. Um, because what plays into this is like, great, you know, if we do win something, like I would love to see Spurs win something, um, something really meaning like a league, a, a Champions mm. League, that would be great. Like, we, you know, not this season, <laughs> not in the next couple of seasons, but, you know, um, it'd be great to see that happen um, mm -hmm. at some stage. Um, but also the way that I look at it is like, okay, cool, we win a, if we win a Premier League, if we win a Champions League, then what? Yeah. You know, then what happens from there? Like, are we going to then turn into these clubs where 
um, if you don't get that success, it's the worst thing that's ever happened. And every season is viewed as a failure after mm. that. Like, mm. you know, we miss out on Champions League, which like, was it a great season last season? No. Um, but there were a lot of things going on. Um, mm. but it wasn't a great season. But it's spoken about as if we're getting relegated and like that the club yeah. is dusted. The club is in the bin. That's like the, the what a lot of people like to say online. And it's just like, no, it's just because like our expectations have been raised mm. um, and they should have been raised, which like I'm not saying that that was a bad thing, but our expectations have been raised. And so now it's just shown like how toxic we're kind of getting like talking about, um, you know, falling off a little bit, taking a step back. And so I'm like, cool, if we win something, like does everyone just hang their hat on that? And then it's like, great, I'm done for my life. I've seen the win title, so I don't care anymore. Um, yeah. Or is it like, well, you know, what do we do after that? You know, how mm. do we how do we sort of like follow the club and sort of keep keep moving forward? So I I guess what I'm saying is like I'm not that attached to us like needing that success for me to feel fulfilled as a football fan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, me either. You but you're just basically saying you're not Harry Kane. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, on that uh, the the sort of like desire for. You know, like I still, it's not like I don't, and I know that it's the case for you too. Like, it's not like we don't desire success and we don't want to win those things. But uh, with Nuno coming in, some of the rhetoric of the fan base around like uh, today's game about how it should, like, he was going to come in and just turn us into this like well oiled, um, unbeatable machine in like three weeks is is ludicrous and it it reminds me so much of um with Pochettino coming in there was this we wanted uh Van Hal and then a lot of the, the the work for turning the fan base around to Pochettino was with how bad Van Hal was and you know obviously then how good Pochettino was but Nuno is a similar case where it's like Pochettino took a season to sort of get things happening just relax and like there were in a in that preseason game there were good and bad moments um players had good and bad game you know like it was a preseason game but because it's against Chelsea you know the players did it it, it worked like the players you could tell them it was much more serious to them uh like no one's walking <laughs> in this game and compared to were, the previous friendlies yeah yeah they were flying into tackles and like it was very clear that this was quite a – it looked to me, you know, in the first half especially, like a league game, it, which was uh, very kind of bizarre but but great to watch. Definitely. Um, yeah. No, and I think but, you make a good yeah. point there. Like, you know, Nuno is um, – we need to give him time. We need to give him time to implement his system and have time with his players. Like he's commented now as well on Kane and not to get back into our, you know, mm. black hole of um, just – you know, talking about Kane for the rest of the, <laughs> rest of the episode. Um, but he's already commented on Kane and being like, yeah, I haven't spoken to him. Um, I hope to speak to him soon. Um, so it's like it, the full squad hasn't been back. We're getting players mm. starting to come back now. Um, there's players that we're, you know, we're buying and they haven't come in yet. Like Gil, like Romero, um, you know, Galini had his first game. So he's like the first yep. signing that's like come through. Um, so we just still need some time on that. Um we still need some time. We still need some yeah. time. 
Nuno's, I still like Nuno. I love his like, you know, demeanor. I love that um, he's gone into the Spurs dressing room and he's put a little pitch on the floor. Uh, have you I seen the photos of this? No. Yeah. So at Wolves, um, he's he had a, a pitch on the floor, which was like, it was quite big. It's probably say like, I don't know, four or five meters by two meters or so, or 200 meters. Um, and he had that on the, I don't know exactly how he used it. Like if he got the players to like stand up and like line up in formation on the pitch and like give them commands there. Or if he's got some like little discs or some garden gnomes that he like, he puts around the pitch and kind of like tries to go through tactics with them. Um, yeah. But one of the changes he's made to the dressing room at Spurs is he's put a pitch in, um, which basically takes up the whole floor Um of the dressing room. So I hope it's garden gnomes. I really hope it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. But I love that. Be, like that's, yeah. that's my take on Nuno. I love that he's done that. <laughs> oh, like, to, like again, the best thing that happened during the game this morning was um, Bergvine scoring. And then as Nuno, as Bergvine's coming off at the end of the game, Nuno gives him a big hug and he's patting him on the back and talking. You're like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, right. Oh, this this poor dude who moved over to Spurs and then was <laughs> treated and played as a second fullback um, is now, you know, he looked good. Like, and he has looked good before, but, you know, th- he's being um, encouraged. It's not, you know, wh- whatever the hell was happening before. And with the, the build-up play, like a lot of the time I was like almost, I found it difficult to watch us build up because there was, you know, there was actual like uh, offensive tactics happening. And I was yeah. like, whoa, what, what the, what the, oh my goodness. And that was awesome. And you can, you know, they're still learning. So there's like a couple of plays where someone wasn't quite where they were meant to be or the, the ball, the decision to play that ball at that moment wasn't quite what was needed and stuff like that. But like early signs, if we play like that, like it was really fun to watch. Um. Yeah, and isn't that kind of what we want? Like, we want something that's fun to watch. Like, mm. I know, you know, I would prefer that. Yeah. Like, to to be able to sit down, watch the team, enjoy it. Um, like, how many games, Barney? Did you and I watch together last season? Where I don't think we broke the curse. I think we lost every game we watched, or didn't we? No, the last game uh, against Leicester, we... Oh, okay. That's the one. That, yeah. That's the yeah. one game that we watched together mm. that was not a loss. But like, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, if we lose a game, fine. But I'm very big on like the manner in which we lose. And yeah. if we're sort of sitting back and, and you know, and it's just a, you know, a lower or mid block and we're just trying to get them on the counter and that's it. Um, mm. It's like, and we just wait. We just relying on magic to happen from like Kane and Son. It's mm. like, ugh, this isn't enjoyable to watch, like, mm. to, to watch this here. So to actually be, you know, to be able to sit down, watch it, watch it, watch your team and, like, just enjoy the, the way that they're playing, um, I mean, I think that's great. Like, that's what I want most out of this season um, as opposed to trying to put, like, you know, a target on we need to win this, we need to do this, um, we need to do whatever. Yeah. Like, it'd just yeah. be great well, to just enjoy the team. Totally. It's, it's, it, I mean, it's the same dynamic as the, uh, uh, Levy and Enoch are the worst group of people ever born. And, you know, like, uh, they're the best people ever born is, 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 uh, or, you know, if you, if you like them, then you're not, you don't truly support Spurs or whatever said is similar to 
when we had the Mourinho Oysters floating around, thank goodness they're gone. Um, you know, like, do you want to play this style and actually win something? Or do you want to play that flashy football and never be successful? And it's like, that is the stupidest dichotomy I've ever heard. Like there is more evidence in football of teams playing attractive brands to watch and winning stuff than being dour and defensive and, you know, grinding things out. Like, Unless you're like Mourinho's uh, Inter from like 10 years ago. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. But that's it. Like that doesn't really work so well anymore. No, um, no. You know, like so, yeah, look, look, it's good. It's still so early for Nuno and his coaching staff um, across the board. I love now that like Ledley has come out and spoken about um, a few bits and pieces. Like he's <gasps> chatted about Kane, he's chatted about Delhi, and he's also spoken about why he's not on the coaching staff. Oh, I have. I don't know any of this. Could can oh, you right. enlighten me? Well, because so yeah. basically, you know, he he was brought as a coach for to work on the defense with uh, under Mourinho. Yeah. Um, but Ledley was not a qualified coach. He had not done his badges. Yeah. He was not like yeah. a qualified top level coach. Um, mm-hmm. So then, him not being in the coaching staff, there were certain people like, oh, great player, horrible coach, didn't improve our defending at all. This, that, and everything else. And it's like, again, we don't need a villain. And like. Don't you dare mm. make Ledley one because yeah. he didn't come in and fix our defense magically um, last last season. Like, it's, let's just relax on that. Um, mm-hmm. But he's not coaching because he's going off to do his like proper badges, so yep. that he can become a properly qualified coach and like you know pursue sort of um, his career further in that. So it's kind of like you know he's going off to going off to uni. He's he's doing his mm. degree. <laughs> And yeah. coming back, and and it seemed like you know he was pretty keen to do that as well, um, so that he does actually, and he he speaks about this. He speaks about wanting to learn more about coaching and wanting to actually improve at it and get better at it. Um, so I mean, it's just great to hear that, that that's what he's you know um, wanting to do because I think as much as we all love Ledley, like we would love for him to be. I'm not going to say like necessarily manager, like because you know. I'm not a big fan of like, let's just get an ex-player in as a manager without them having any sort of, you know, success or credentials elsewhere. But yeah. I would love for him to go off, become, you know, get those badges and then come back into the coaching setup in some degree um, mm. and then go from there um, mm. and see where we go. Um, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I, I think it is very, very brave of uh, legendary players to go into coaching, especially when they coach the club they played for because the only position that they can go is down they cannot they, they it's like great coach oh they were a great coach too well we knew they were a great player and you know like we they did these things when they played for us but it's really it's like well they can only kind of disappoint you as opposed to like when ryan mason came in like we won four out of six games and that was kind of I was like, well, that's pretty good. I didn't think you were very good as a player, but this is, you know, you've done something. Like, well, it's it's such a different um, uh, scenario. Definitely, um, what has happened for us yeah. in the past, like with Hoddle, who you know is <laughs> God to Spurs fans and and to us, um, mm. not a good coach. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, not a good coach at all. Incredible player, like mm. brilliant player, and like so often I just watch like there's that 16 minute clip on YouTube of him just absolutely like pinging passes around in the French league and everything. Uh, and he's just in like insane player. Uh, mm. Not a good coach at all. Not a good coach yeah. at all. Um, mm. 
and yeah, so if it happens at one stage, great, but I do agree with you. It is very sort of like um, difficult to kind of get any, um, yeah, any sort of like, you know, um, guarantees like from that happening. And then, you know, like you say, you don't want to be disappointed and then you don't want to harshly criticize a, a club legend that, you know, you hold in such high regard and look up to um, because of their playing days. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, how I don't know how you felt about um, Lamella leaving. Obviously, we're both fans of him. But for me, it felt like um, him getting that red card like broke the uh, like fabric of his existence at Spurs. Um, like, you know, in like a, a, a film where so- they go somewhere and then someone's like, I can't come back with you. I'm tied to this place for, you know, like whatever. <laughs> that's what it felt like for me. I was like, well, he, he has to leave. He's got to re- like, that's it now. Um, and, you know, I always uh, reflect incredibly fondly on, on his uh, Spurs appearances and the fact that he rocked up to this new club and everyone was like, cool, you're bail. And he was like, oh, what? <laughs> and then had injuries. And then he had Tim Sherwood as a coach. Uh, and he managed to come back and feature pretty regularly for the first team. Um, I think that's pretty amazing. And he, as much as it's a cliche of like bleeding for the badge, like he he did in his effort. Like it was it was fantastic to watch. When he would go on, you would never be like, hope Lamella shows up today. It was just a guarantee that he would. And whether he'd be able to <laughs> make that shot or that final ball, that was more questionable. But his effort never was, which um, – yeah, I appreciate a lot. Oh, definitely. I, I agree with you too. Like it was kind of, it was sad to see him go, but we knew that he had to. Yeah. Uh, we knew that it was time. We knew that, you know, unfortunately his injury record um, just means that it was time to move on because um, mm. we know that he's not going to be able to feature for us every game in a season and he's not quite at the level now after all these injuries that he's had um, mm. where he should be sort of starting every game in a season for us. So it seemed like a really good time for, for both parties. Like he was with us, what, eight seasons, I think. Um, yeah. I think it was quite, a, it was something like, it's seven or eight seasons. It's quite a while. Um, and he's it's had some great moments. And like, yeah, that Arsenal game last season was just perfect, perfect level. Like just that Rabona was ridiculous. And then to get mm. sent off. Um I think here as well is like this is um, into the points we were talking about earlier. Like everything now has to be binary. We either have to hate it or love it and that's it. Mm. And like you're allowed to like Lamella but also not think he's a brilliant player and you can still appreciate um, the good things that he did. Like we put up Mm. a thread on our Twitter page um, which just said very clearly at the top, Lamella appreciation thread. What are your favorite Lamella moments, right? Most people started saying, oh, the Rabona for this. Oh, the goal mm. he scored against this. Oh, every time he came for the bench, this, 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 this. And then just people started flooding in. Oh, when he left today. Oh, him leaving. He's shit. And you're just like, why are we so fickle here? Like, oh, and also yeah. we've clearly stated, let's just, let's just appreciate him. And we're not telling you to appreciate him if you don't like him, but we're just saying mm. for people who did enjoy some aspect of his performance like let's talk about those things without needing to always go oh but i think he's so crap i think he's horrible i think he's rubbish i think he's that so it's like again it's like you just have to be in these like binary groups of like you either love something or you hate something and then 
you just feel like, all right, you have to speak about it. It's like, oh, there's someone giving their opinion. I need to get my opinion in. I need to go in. I'm going to go in there and, and do it. Oh, they're all talking about how much they like Lamella. I'm going to go in there and tell them how bad he is. Uh, yeah. It's the same thing with like um, any conversation about the club. Oh, people are talking about something. I'm going to tell them how much Levy sucks. I'm going to, yeah. It's like you don't need to have your opinion in every single conversation. No. Like you no. just don't. It's, it's, you can shut the hell up sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you can scroll. Yeah. I wonder if people know sometimes that you can actually scroll past. Like I wonder if people think that every post that comes up, they're like, directly to me, I better reply. And like they have to. <laughs> like they think it's like an get, inbox? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They think it's their emails. Yeah. <laughs> Like, who are these people replying to my inbox email saying Lamella's good? I don't like him at all. <laughs> like, it's just the thing about Lamella is especially is that he is such the embodiment of a of a cult hero in the sense that he's not, it's not Son or Harry Kane, where it's like they're both really good. Um, so that's why they're fan favorites. He's a fan favorite because of both his strengths and his weaknesses. And mm. it's the cult status comes from the appreciation of the player that has both of those things and and the fun. You know, like what my favorite Lamella memory is when we beat City 4-1 and he got the ball played through to him and should have just taken a shot. <laughs> but he like he always also he always looked like a horse when he ran. I don't know why, because he kind of like <laughs> looked like <laughs> his, his body kind of bent back. He always looked like a horse to me. And he instead like dribbled poorly around the keeper and I can't remember who was playing defense that day and like really shakily put it in the goal. And it was just like such a uh, such a more human moment because these guys are like freaks at what they do. Definitely. And then to see this guy who's there who makes these errors, like it's such a – you can, that's the other thing why he's so popular because you can connect with him because we've all had moments, not necessarily on a football pitch, where instead of doing the easy thing, we've managed to make it really hard and then just scrape through. Like um, that, they should, that should be appreciated and it doesn't – the more verbose you are with your opinion about good or bad, plays good or bad, like there are – you're missing so much, I think, from your viewing experience. And your supporting experience as well. Totally, totally. Um, and to me, it's kind of like, Barney, if you and I were going out, sitting at a cafe, and we're mm -hmm. just talking about like, you know, our favorite Lamella memories. Yeah. And someone walks past and they overhear and they're just like, oh, he's shit, boys. He sucks so much. You'd be <laughs> yeah. like, this is a lunatic. Yeah. This person's a lunatic. But if you do that online, it's just like, and then if you engage and go back and say like, hey, we'd like, Okay, cool. If you don't like it, that's fine. But like, you know, we're just um, talking about what we like about him now. They just keep going. You get arguments and it's like, well, you don't know anything. He should have, we never should have bought him. And I'm just like, dude, like we're not, we're not telling you to change your opinion. Yeah. You can go off and have your opinion. That's fine. But here's mm. like a group of people who we are trying to just talk about, you know, something where we're trying to find like-minded people to talk about things. Um, and sometimes you'll put up something where you are directly looking for the other side and you're like, let's mm. really get into this. Let's discuss it. I really want to know what everyone thinks about this and what this thing is. But when you're just like, mm. let's just talk about the nice things this player did, it's like, well, you don't need to be the dick walking past the cafe screaming at everyone um, and yeah. telling them that they're wrong. Like, we just don't yeah. need that on every single topic. Um, Ever. On every, every single topic that we have. And it's, mm. it's like that's also happened with the kits as well <laughs> this, oh. this season. It's, it's like, like – it's so hard. Like the kit is so 
benign. Like the the threat about Lamella leaves and it's like, what did you like? Like your favorite memory could be the time that he got he got a red card because it was funny. Like now that you've got the distance <laughs> from the fact that, you know, we kind of blew that game. But it's like we put up, if we put up something like that, it's it's equivalent, the reactions are equivalent to us being like, what's your favorite racist John Terry moment? Like <laughs> of course then then, yeah, go bananas. Like that's that's you know something that you should react to. But kits, like the kit, like I remember the sash kit um, and I barely even remember last year's kit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, yeah. I think, look, no, you make a good point there. And it's just like, yeah, like you put up something. It's very hard, I think, to just have like a positive conversation about these things now um, yeah. and just leave it at that. Mm. Um and, and like you say, it's like you put up something and it's as if you're like, you know, um, championing white supremacy with like <laughs> yeah. the responses you get. And you're like, what? How, look, this is, we're just mm. saying that we just like this thing. Um, yeah. You know, let's just connect with other people. And that doesn't mean that we're like, you know, can't take other opinions or that we're like, you know, just stubborn and all that. It's just like, nah, we're just like, you know, yeah. we just don't need to get in such a huff over every single thing that happens mm. Um, and do that. And I think it just feeds into everything else, which is why it's like, if we get in such a huff about the kit, if we get in such a huff about the manager, if we get such a huff about Paratici, such a huff about transfers, such a huff about not selling this player, this, 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 suddenly mm. anything that happens, we're already so primed to already be like really worked up about it. Um, whereas it's like, cool. If you actually really get enjoyment from that approach, fine, you know, Go off and do that. But you, you don't need to like always like try and convince other people that that's how they should be. And it's mm. like if we want to take you know positive spins on things, which is what we do, like we do that on this podcast. Like we keep yeah. things positive. Um, and it's not out of naivety because we don't understand anything about the world and um, <laughs> anything like that. But it's just like how we enjoy consuming Spurs is through a positive mm. lens. And that's just what we do. That's what we like. Mm. That's what people who um, listen to this, they they message us and say, you know, we really love that you guys just, you know, um, you know, keep it really positive when there are so many mm. other podcasts that don't and, and get into it. And it's like, mm. cool. If you don't want to keep it positive and you want to really get stuck in, fine, go do that. Mm. That's okay. But it's also okay to be positive about things and just get some enjoyment out of it without always needing to find out what's wrong with it, what the negative side is. Um, and all that. So mm, mm. I love the away kit is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> this whole, like just a uh, uh, listener, this whole build up talking through all these topics has actually been the um, preposition before Dan <laughs> so that Dan could comfortably say, and that's why I like the away kit. Yeah. yeah. It's purely for that. Um, but it's it's great. What I I know we've spoken about it, and like, has the away kit away kit grown on you more? Do you like how are you? It, it feels so like I, I'm really passionate about the away. Kit. Yeah, you. Yeah, it will. Uh, well, the kits are benign. Oh, the away kit. The away kit, though. Wow. So when it uh, we had a chat about this, when it came out, I was like, "What have you done, Nike? <laughs> what is this?" And then the more. I came across it um, and then seeing the players playing it and chatting with you because you had said you were like, it's awesome, I love it. I'm at the point now where I'm like, do I get it or do I get the home kit? 
or if I get the home kit, will I eventually have to get the away kit because it's just bananas? Like, <laughs> I, it's it's so it, the players look so good in it. Like, mm. I just did not expect that. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. what's wrong with having a fun kit? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Like at the end of the yeah. day, what's wrong with having something that's a bit fun? Yeah, like the home kit is um very plain, very classic. I really mm. like it for what it is, and I'm yeah. like, great. To me, that is a beautiful home kit. Mm. Um, keep it like that. The away kit, let's mess mess shit up. Let's go crazy mm. with it. And like I said, let's have some fun with it. Um, the other thing too, which I which I know we both really appreciate, is uh, a Netflix show called I Think You Should Leave uh, with Tim yeah. Robinson, one of our favorite sketch comedians. Um, he's got a sketch on this recent season, um, and it's without trying to give it away too much. If you haven't seen it, we highly recommend watching that show. Um, but it's basically this, this guy's at a, you know, a business meeting and he's spending all his money on these expensive shirts. And the more, the more complicated the pattern, the more complicated, sorry, the, the, the more expensive the shirt is. And he just goes on about how much he loves this store, which has the shirts with the most complicated patterns on them. This yeah. is a shirt from that store. Yep. And I think it's like, because we love that sketch, because we love that show, we look at this kit and go, this is a Dan Flash's kit. Yeah. And we enjoy the kit more. Yeah. That's fine yeah. as well. <laughs> like oh. that's fun. Like that's a, yeah. that's something that, you know, it's enjoyable to have those sort of things as a fan and go yeah. like, great. Like, you know, if you had to design like the, the best away kit in the club's history, you're not going to vote on this one, but mm. for something for this season, you're like, yeah, this is cool. What's wrong with yeah. this? <laughs> exactly. It's not forever. Like it's, it's the seasonal. Like, and now Spurs have started releasing the new kits like a month before the current season ends anyway. So <laughs> it's, it's the, the fact that we have this like fun away kit that is like, the thing about it is like, it's so bananas, but in a good way that it's not the United zebra kit from last year or the Man City um orange and green like <laughs> fading oh, gradient, kit. Yeah. yeah the gradient kit that's it um it's it's its own like to look back in 10 years i'm sure you'll be like oh my god i remember when we had that like that is that's crazy i think you mean buddy um, when we both open our wardrobes in 10 years and we go oh, oh, oh yeah we bought that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i am yeah i'm really uh usually with the kit i'm always like you know, I know which one I want uh, instantly. But with this, I'm like, I am maybe I'm going to have to get because I really like the home one. Like, I really, really like it. Um, so I don't know. It might have don't to know. be both. But the the other thing which gets in the way, which on one part of me doesn't like, but the other part of me mm. absolutely loves. So um, apparently, um, I saw a tweet go up which says that we have the most expensive kits in the league. Oh. Um, so I don't love that in terms of um, the, and I don't want to spread misinformation here. I'm not sure how accurate this is, but mm. it could be, uh, it could be true. Uh, but we, we potentially might have the most expensive kits in the league. So as yep. sort of something of getting money out of fans, I don't like that. Um, mm. And I think that is really disappointing if that is the case. Mm. However, if we're going by Tim Robinson's rules on Dan Flashes, yeah, the more complicated the kit is, the sorry, the more complicated the shirt is, the more expensive it is. Yep. So by that stretch, I mean, if we've got the most complicated shirt design in the whole league, 
Mm. It should be the most expensive. It should. I mean, that. yeah, by that metric, absolutely. I have a the part of my like justification for getting both kits this season is that if I get one, because I like to get a player name because it sort of reminds you of that season because of what, you know, the reason why you got that player. But if I get both, then I can have my, you know, nostalgic player kit and then I can also have my Dan Flashes kit <laughs> with Dan Flashes written on it. Like that is very exciting. Definitely. I think we both need to get both. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We both think about, we can maybe work out some way where we can pick what the other has to get on them. Um, yeah. Like, you know, you get one oh. kit for yourself where you get to choose the player and then the other person might choose the day with the number or the back of the other, something like that. Sweet. But I'm definitely down for getting both kits as well. Um, mm. And again, it's like, yeah, you know, uh, if you don't like, if you don't like one of the kits, just get the other one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or if you don't like any of them, just don't get one because in roughly nine months, there's going to be more. There's going to be or, more. There's going to be new ones. Yeah. Or buy one of the vintage kits or buy one of them, the ones from last year that are like 10 pounds now. Like it's just, yeah. Definitely. I think as well, like the criticism that comes out saying like, why do they change them every season? It's just to get money. And it's like, well, yeah, like that's what it is yeah. all about. It's mm. like, why does any fashion label in the world, why aren't Nike just selling the same gear for 10 years? Because they want money. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not, that's not just like a, a football club thing. It's like every mm. fashion brand does that. They keep bringing out mm. and they go seasonal. They go like, we got the yeah. new season. You need this for the, this is the summer look. You know, you can't mm. be wearing the spring look now. That mm. is just embarrassing. Um, yep. At least with clubs, like where you just go through one a year. I'm like, all right, yeah, exactly. cool. We got to wear the shirt for a year. We got to love that. And then we mm. probably want a new one <laughs> at the end of that anyway. Yep. I mean, I like, I am fairly sure we're going to get to the point where it's like this is Spurs summer kit and then this is their winter home kit like we'll definitely get there but see I mean the ball changes mid-season I bought the Premier League ball last year like not the the one but like a cheaper replica version and the next day they changed the ball yeah and I was like oh great cool <laughs> and it was a different um, it looked quite different like in previous seasons they'd gone like here's the 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 um I guess it's like the it starts as the summer ball in the UK, but it's, it's always mm. winter time for us when the season starts. Yeah. Um, but it starts as the summer one, which was white with whatever design. And then winter would just be the same design, change the colors, make it yellow. But then yeah. last season, it's like, there were like circles on one of them, which came out of mm. nowhere. Um, and I know what you mean. It's like, all right, great. Now we're doing a ball for half a season. And then we're bringing yeah. something in, which doesn't even look like the winter version of that. It's just literally a different ball. <laughs> yeah. So just, yeah. to stay up to date, You've got to, um, yeah, you've got to like really, you know, keep buying. Yeah, basically. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, I'm not sure if that is, uh, of, of what it's called, but I think it might be called, um, late stage capitalism. I think <laughs> is the insidious quality behind it. I just, I think that's right. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. Look, I, I, uh, I mean, we haven't spoken about everything, but we're going back to weekly um, from, I was going to say from henceforth, from now on. No, from henceforth, um, buddy. I like From the, henceforth. It gives us a bit of yeah. class. On the, That's good. Yeah. On the pod. Well, yeah, um, we have had the summer break uh, for us, mm. which has been a few weeks off. Um, yeah. I was going to say as well, like my, my wife gave birth to um, uh, our daughter last week. Yeah, congratulations. Oh, I'm so, oh God, I was like, I've got to bring, I've got to acknowledge it. I want to acknowledge it. But I was like, but what if I bring it up? And then you're like, why did you do that? Yeah, so too I'm many so personal have, details on the podcast. Yeah. 
Congratulations, Dan. Congratulations, mate. Yeah, it's she, awesome. And she is now the newest Spurs. Well, there's probably been a birth of a Spurs, like, you know, a Spurs fan's daughter or son since then. But she's, uh, you know, we've got a new Spurs fan in the family then. Uh, but it was nice, you know, the last couple of weeks, uh, as any new parent knows, it's uh, it's uh, it's very tiring. and <laughs> There's a lot of things mm. that you need to sort out. Um, so it has probably coincided well that our little, you know, um, off-season break, uh, you know, happened then. Um, but, yeah, now I think, you know, the we're only two weeks away from the season starting. I think it's a, it's a week. A week? Yeah. Um, great. It's like, yeah, we're back. We're back. Mm. This is like our last preseason game then, like our last preseason pod in a sense. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Warming up and then, yeah, we'll be back, uh, you know, back weekly and, um, you know, looking forward to what happens over the next week or so as the, you know, whatever remaining transfers start to really sort of heat up. Yep, yep, absolutely. I'm very much looking forward to what uh, what is yet to unfold. I... I'm ready to get more and more angry at Harry Kane, which I feel like I I will. Um, but also Barney, by uh, our own law, then we will need to be able to appreciate the good things that he did mm, as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. While and still I raging do. at how he's behaving. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, his behaviour has been shocking, but he's been a fantastic <laughs> player. Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I have been uh, Barney on this podcast and you have been uh, – Dan. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Yep, yep. Um, uh, and we hope that you've enjoyed listening to the podcast. Uh, we're back um, and we will we'll see you online. Um, <laughs> have a wonderful uh, day, night, whatever time zone you're in and uh, come on you Spurs. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.